happen. They just say it's a miracle. What else can anybody else believe in a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think? God is able. God is able. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am so thankful for everything that God is doing. You can be seated. You know, we cannot figure out God. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know who he's going to heal next. I don't know. My job is to pray the prayer of faith. God is the one that heals. I've never healed anybody, but I pray for a lot of people that were healed. And I don't know everything about it, but I believe that God is still working miracles. And today I pray that you leave this place believing today just might be a day for a miracle. Today just might be a day for someone to see something they never imagined was going to happen. What will God do next? That's what I want to preach for the next few moments. What will God do next? I pray that Souls Harbor never becomes like the religious people in the Bible. Because they could not figure it out, they simply did not believe. They, they just said, well, I, I don't understand it. And so when John the Baptist, even though he was prophesied in the Old Testament, when he showed up on the scene, it was the religious people that did not believe him. Whenever Jesus, our Savior, was born in a manger, they refused to believe that because they thought he was going to come on a white horse and everything was going to be finished and done. But I'm here to tell you the unseen hand of God is working and moving in ways that we cannot imagine. And before we leave this place today, I think that some people are going to get a hold of it and say, you want me to answer this question? What is God going to do next? He's going to work in my family next. He's going to work in my situation next. That's what I want to happen here. I'm letting you know at the front, I want your faith to rise. I want you to get something inside of you that says God is able and God is willing. The unseen hand of God. As you read through the Bible, you will find that there is one book that does not mention God at all. Not one mention of God in the entire book of the Bible. It's the book of Esther. But if you were to read the book of Esther, there is no doubt that God is working all the way through the book of Esther. But his name was not mentioned in the book of Esther. It's the unseen hand of God. But when God gets done, there's no one that reads the book of Esther that thinks Esther is the one that did it all. There's no one that reads the book of Esther that thinks about the strategy that was taken care of. What they believe is that God touched the heart of a king. They believe that God done it. They, the unseen hand of God was working uh, even when we cannot tell exactly what he is doing. When you look in Daniel chapter 2, what you find here is Daniel is, he is interpreting a dream of a statue that is representing the people that were in power through the years and through the time. He is looking at all of these different uh, things and here he, 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 is, he is describing all the kingdoms that would rise up starting with the head of gold and moving through down to the feet and here he is talking about Jesus 
He is giving this beautiful revelation. And he said, I, I saw until a stone, that stone was representing Jesus Christ. He said, I watched until the stone that was cut out without hands, without hands. There was no, no one else could get the credit for it without hands, without anybody getting in there and messing with anything without hands. That stone was hewn out of the mountain and came and smote the image. And it is speaking of Jesus Christ coming back and ruling on this earth without hands. I don't have the power to heal you. I don't have the power to set you free, but without hands, without human involvement, God is able to step in and to heal and deliver and to make a way where there seems to be no way. Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I'm going to come back to this, but you need to get that in your spirit. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him when you know he is working. This is important. While you know he is working, move. <laughs> Skip a few verses. Same chapter. Chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thought than your thoughts. You, you begin to see God saying, listen, the things that I'm going to do, you're not going to be able to figure it out. It's not because of the great plan that you put in place. It's not because you have worked all the different things out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. I truly believe that God is doing a work that we cannot even imagine. I believe this. I, I, I want you to understand this, that God is beginning to do things in this church, in our world today, that is bigger than our thoughts. Its ways are greater than our ways. And what we are going to see God do is going to blow our mind. We're going to think, uh, what, what are you talking about? How could have that even have happened? That doesn't work that way. But God, behind the scenes, you can't see what he's doing. You can't see how he's working, but God is working on our behalf. Amen. Things you never thought would happen. Turn to someone and say, things you never thought would happen. So there he is. Later his name will be Paul, but now he's Saul. Saul of Tarsus. This is the man that is leading the charge against all the Christians. He's leading the charge. He is getting mobs together and holding their coats because he's the politician. He's the clean hand guy. You know how that goes. He's holding the coats of all the others that are stripping their coats off, picking up rocks to stone a man of God. He watches as the blood flows from him. And his life seeps into the ground as he looks up into heaven and says, lay not this sin to their charge. This man, this man, Saul, is now going from one village to another. 
and anyone he finds that's worshiping God, he is throwing them into prison, separating their families, and if possible, killing them. This is Saul. No one thinks Saul is about to become Paul that's about to lead the Christian movement. He's the one killing all the Christians. He's the one nobody wants to talk to. When a Christian hears that Saul's around, they're hiding. But God's about to do something that you didn't imagine, I didn't imagine, I never would have thought of. While he is on his way to his next town, to, and he says very clearly, to put more Christians in jail. This is why he's going. On his way, without hands, a light shines out of heaven. And God has a one-on-one with Saul of Tarsus. No one else would have been able to walk up to Saul and convince him of the things of Jesus Christ. Others have tried. He has watched them. He has looked them in the eye as he cast them into prison and divided families and stoned them to death. They tried to convince him that Jesus was the Christ, but he had nothing to do with it. But now God is going to work on somebody that nobody else can touch God is about to move on somebody that I can't convince that you can't convince but God without hands is about to work oh I'm getting excited so here he is the light shines he looks up into the light and says who art thou Lord you want to know who he's talking about he was a jew among jews when he said who art thou lord he was thinking hero israel the lord our god is one lord when a light shines out of heaven and you say who art thou lord you're talking to jehovah god and jehovah god spoke back and said i am jesus whom thou persecutest he said it's hard for you to kick against the pricks he said i know what you're doing but i know it's bothering you at the same time And so Paul looks up. He realizes no one can convince me of this. But I've been touched. And I've just had an opportunity. And God is moving in my life. So now Saul is now taken to a a home on the street called Straight. And God speaks to a man called Ananias. And he says to him, I want you to go to the street called Straight. This is Acts 9 and 11. Now, Ananias, he's hearing, he's picking up what God's throwing down, I guess you could say. He's hearing it, but he ain't believing it. And he's saying, I want you to go pray for Saul. And when you read it, he says, I've heard of him. As a matter of fact, We've all heard about him. Do you know what he's doing to Christians? Are you sure that you want me there? And do you really think he's about to be on our team? But what Ananias didn't realize 
is the man that he was scared of, the one that he thought would never be a Christian, God was working in his life. And God says, go to the street called Straight, inquire of him. You're going to find one called Saul of Tarsus. And for behold, he prayeth. There's that person in your life that you think will never pray. There's that person in your life that you think will never bow their knee. But I'm here to tell you, God's about to do a work in someone's life. And you're going to hear who's praying. What? You said they were praying. You said they bowed their knee. You said they gave their... I can't believe it. This is bigger than me. I can't even imagine this happening. Is anybody thinking about someone right now? So is God. God's thinking about them too. The priests are the ones that we're agging agging the crowd on. Crucify. 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 Well, who would never be on the Christian team? The priest. The priest ain't going to come over. There's no way. These are the guys that killed Jesus. They're the ones that got him in the middle of the night. They're the ones that put him on a in trial that was against their own law. They're the ones that took him to Pilate. There's no way that these priests are ever going to be saved. But you look in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 7. Talking about the word of God increased. The number of disciples In Jerusalem, they they multiplied greatly. And a great company of the priests were also obedient to the faith. A great number of the people that put Jesus to death were obedient to the faith and became Christians. Oh, they'll never do it. There's no way. I want somebody to have so much faith. And whoever it is you are thinking about right now, oh, they're they're killing Christians. They can't be saved. Oh, yes, they can. Oh, they're the ones that put Jesus to death. They'll never be saved. A great number of them were saved. Could it be? What's God going to do next, Brother Roland? What's God going to do next? Well, most certainly, those that the priests used to crucify Jesus, it was against their law. They couldn't kill him. So instead, they used the Roman army and Caesar, which was the, which is as wicked as they come. I mean, no one attached to Caesar was ever going to be saved. Impossible. No way it's going to happen. No way it's going to take place. In in Philippians chapter 4 verse 22. says all the saints salute you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly they that are of uh, of Caesar's household. Right in the middle of Caesar's household. Right in the middle of the most corrupt not just not just nation family Caesar's household those that were closest to him they became saints 
of the living God. I'm trying to get it inside of you. He's Paul. He can't be saved. Oh, yes, he can. And God's going to do it. Oh, they're priests. They'll never do it. They killed Jesus. Oh, yes, they can. Oh, no. That's Caesar's house. They'll never bow their knee to Jesus where they're called saints now. Because when God starts working, there's no telling what God is about to do next. Well, I don't want to get my hopes up. You better get your hopes up. Because that's where your faith is. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You need to get your hopes up. Because when you get your hopes up, it gets your faith operating. And when your faith starts operating, miracles start happening. You need to get your hopes up. Uh, well, I prayed for them before. You think they didn't pray for them before? They prayed for them before, uh, but they just kept on praying. Uh, and uh, someone uh, that they could not reach, uh, God did what they could not do uh, because they kept on praying. Hear me. I'm certain that the Ethiopian queen did not think that when the man that was in charge of her treasury in the Ethiopian palace took a little trip to Jerusalem, that when he came back, he was going to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller. I'm sure that wasn't on her mind. It might not even been on his mind. As a matter of fact, he had left Jerusalem. He was gone. He was done on his way back. But by himself, no one there pushing him. He was just in the word. And then God says, I see someone hungry. Let me go ahead and get Philip. Philip, I want you to go to the desert. To the desert. I'm having revival in the city. I need you in the desert. You see that chariot over there? Run by it. And here goes Philip. He's running by the chariot. Whoever would have thought something like this? I'm running by a chair. What you doing? I'm reading the scriptures. You need some help? Yeah. Can you get in here? How can I understand this? Except someone guide me. He never thought of that. Philip never thought, you know what? I'm going to go out to the desert and I'm about to speak with someone in the palace of Ethiopia. Someone that's over all the treasury of Ethiopia. I think I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to convince them. But there was a man that was hungry and God began to line everything up. And now this Ethiopian is baptized in Jesus name, filled with the spirit and brought revival back to this, to the country of Ethiopia. There's power. You just never know what God's going to do. You never know how God's going to do it. Sister Melissa, wave your hand, Sister Melissa. See Sister Melissa right there? When she was a girl, she was in church. I I, I want someone to realize that God is working even when you don't know what's going on. And our job is just to keep praying. Keep believing, keep worshiping, just keep on doing the right things. Let God be God and let the church be the church. That's what's got to happen here. Sister Melissa, she was, as a young girl, was in church 
and her entire family uh, backslid, left the church. And so Sister Melissa, that not only did they leave the church, but they left the state where they were in church. And they came to Florida. And uh, she wasn't living for God. And uh, she was just didn't really think about God at all, didn't do anything to my knowledge. And uh, all of a sudden she started having these dreams in the middle of the night. Started waking up the same time every night. She would look at the clock and it was the exact same time. She was having dreams about the rapture. No one would have thought about her having dreams about the rapture, about the Lord coming back. No one would have thought. No one was there to try to probe her and to say, oh, this is happening, that's happening. But prayers have been prayed and God was working. And so Melissa is living with this guy that she is not married to at this time. She wasn't in church. I'm, I'm sorry. She's told this testimony, so I'm not saying anything. And so there she is. And every night at the same time, she keeps waking up, looking at the clock, and she's just trying to go back to sleep. But one night after several nights in a row of the exact same time waking up, she said in herself, Lord, God, what is this? And when she said, God, what is this? The man that she was living with, with his eyes closed, sat up in the bed and said, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. And lay back down. Is that right, Sister Melissa? She tried to wake him up. He wouldn't wake up. The next morning, she was trying to figure out, how do I ask him? How do I find out if this guy knows what in the world was going on? She's trying to figure out what to do. And then so she finally, when they got in the car, they were driving down the road. She said, do you remember anything about last night? No, I slept last night. Do you remember saying anything in your sleep? No, I didn't say anything in my sleep. I don't talk in my sleep. Do you remember anything about the Holy Ghost? He said, Holy Ghost? I know about Casper the Ghost, but I don't know anything about the Holy Ghost, right? Is that what he said? I know. I don't know about that. I know about Casper, but you want to know what was going on? There was a little lady right there that God was trying to work on and touch. I'm here to tell you what what is God going to do next? How's God going to work in your family next? Let your faith go. Begin to realize that God can do anything. That there is nothing that God cannot do. Come on, somebody. Get your faith up. Get your hopes up. God is able. Woo! Come on, Holy Ghost. Go ahead and worship God. Why not? Go ahead and praise God in advance. Why not? Now, believe it or not, I'm trying to cut stuff out because Brother Billingsley wasn't very short-winded. You can be seated. See, there's a rhythm to the miraculous. When God starts working, it just starts flowing. There's something about it. Once it starts, it just, it just keeps on going. There's a rhythm to the miraculous. When you read Matthew... Chapter 5, 6, and 7. When you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you should go home and read it and read it and read it and read it. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is to the New Testament what the Ten Commandments were to the Old. I mean, Jesus, all three of those chapters are one sermon that Jesus is preaching. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's beyond the Beatitudes. And he don't pull any punches. He just lets the people have it. And so when you come out of that, the way that it reads, the way that I understand it seems like this is all happening in one day, maybe two. 
all of this, what I'm about to say. So we come out of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that he is preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount that starts with the blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it goes on and on and on. So he comes out of that, out of chapter 7, into chapter 8. And as he walks into chapter 8, all of a sudden miracles start happening like this. Uh, he heals the lepers. Uh, as he heals the lepers, uh, he, another man comes up to him uh, and says, I have a servant. Uh, he's home. He's sick. Uh, and he said, I'll come and heal him. He said, oh, no, just send your word. Uh, he'll be healed. Uh, and Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith. Uh, no, not in all of Israel. And he sends his word. Uh, and that man uh, is healed. Uh, he walks into Peter's, uh, Peter's house. Uh, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Uh, and he lays hands on her. Uh, and she is healed. Uh, it's getting towards the evening time, the Bible says. Uh, and he heals many of the sick. Uh, and he cast out devils. Uh, but because of the crowd, uh, he gets in a ship, uh, apparently the same evening. Uh, and tells the disciples, go to the other side. Uh, as they're going, uh, a storm arises on the, on the sea. Uh, and they begin to cry, uh, we perish. Uh, and he steps out on the bow of the ship uh, and says, peace be still. Uh, and he calms the storm. Uh, there's a rhythm uh, of the miraculous that's happening. Uh, when he gets to the other side, uh, as he gets there, uh, two demon-possessed men uh, come running to him. Uh, and he delivers both of them uh, from their demons. Uh, the town asks him to leave. Uh, as he leaves, uh, he now goes uh, to the other side. Uh, there's a man that's a project. Uh, 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 he's not able to walk. Uh, and as he heals him, uh, as he's healing him, uh, he walks by Matthew uh, and says, follow me. Uh, as he's following him, uh, now Jairus, uh, a man walks up to him and says, listen, uh, my daughter is about to die. Uh, will you come and heal her? He says, sure, uh, let's go. Uh, and he's on his way. Uh, Jairus has tapped in uh, to the rhythm of the miraculous but there's a little lady that's not on the agenda that's seeing the rhythm wait a second healed the leopard healed Peter's mother cast out demons went across the store cast out two more demons came back healed this man that's sick looky here Look at this rhythm. And she begins to get her sights on Jesus. And she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, there's a hope inside of me that if I can just touch the hem of a garment. I've been dealing with this problem for 12 years. Every doctor I've been to has taken my money, but I still got my issue. What am I going to do? And she says, I see Jesus is in a rhythm. Let me tap in to the rhythm of the miraculous because who knows what God is about to do next. And so she gets in the crowd and begins to press her way through. She's knocked because the hem is at the bottom. She's on her knees and she reaches up and touched the hem of her, his garment. And as soon as she touched him, she was immediately healed. And Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And the disciples say, what? Do you see the crowd? Do you see everyone? And Jesus says, yeah, but someone has tapped in. To the miraculous. Somebody touched me. Not like everybody else. But. 
but they have touched me with purpose. And this woman that saw the rhythm of the miraculous said, I wonder if God will heal me next. Let me just see what God will do if I will but touch him. Come on, somebody. You need to get out of where you are. You need to get something in your spirit that says, let me touch him. Let me touch him. Let me just see what God might do. He went on his way. After this woman's made whole. He goes to Jairus' daughter. She's dead now. The crowd's mourning her death. He says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Arise. And she gets up off of that deathbed. I'm telling you, when God starts moving, what you need to start saying is, I wonder what God's going to do next. Oh, boy. I wonder if it's my family. I wonder if it's something at my job. I wonder if it's in my body. You got to get something and start realizing God is moving. God is working. I'm looking at my Uncle Jimmy right here. I'm so thankful Uncle Jimmy is in church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How old are you, Uncle Jimmy? How old? 72. 72 years old. Last Sunday, if you weren't here. I was about to preach, and my Uncle Jimmy interrupted me. The Holy Ghost touched him. And he walked, I was so thankful. I was so thankful. He walked right up here and lifted his hands at 72 years old, and God filled him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost He began to speak in other tongues As the Spirit gave him the utterance That's a God thing At 72 years old What am I supposed to do? I can't let me I don't mean to be rude Uncle Jimmy But I can't tell a 72 year old to do what to do It's not going to work I can't line up the stars How it's going to happen The way it's going to happen But at 72 God was working and said, come on, I'm not done with you yet. And I still got a work for you to do. Just wait to see what God's going to do next. You know that Abraham didn't start his, his journey until he was in his 70s. You know that Moses didn't start what God had him to do until he was in his 80s. I'm here to tell you, there's no telling what God has for us. If we will just lean after him, who knows what God's going to do next. Uncle Jimmy went from here, just like you could today if you wanted to, through this door, back in the back. Robes were back there ready for him. The water was ready. And him and my Aunt Peggy were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your age. I'll get in trouble for that. But God, I don't care what's going on in your life. Uh, and you think, I don't know, what can I possibly do? What can I possibly say? Uh, just let God work. Uh, just believe God is able. Uh, just take the step that's in front of you. Uh, there's no telling. There's a rhythm. That was last Sunday morning. Monday morning. If you have been to the new converts class connect point in this church you've heard the name R.O. Varnum 
Arlo Varnum was, is my grandpa's brother. And he is the one that started the church here in Bellevue. Many churches across the southeast. Arlo Varnum. It's a powerful man of God. And before he started this church and many others, he had been uh, married and divorced and had a son. So, but, but mom is at home and the house phone rings, which is rare anymore. Everyone calls cell phones. I, I don't even have a house phone anymore, if you're wondering. Uh, and so she looks at it and it says, R.O. Varnum. And she's thinking, where are you calling from exactly? R.O. Varnum. She picks it up. It's R.O. Jr., his wife. Says, are you the preacher's wife? <laughs> my, mom, my mom said, well, he's, he's not here right now. I can take a message. And started talking to him. Said, R.O. wants your husband to come see him. This is Monday morning after Uncle Jimmy got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. And so dad, Tuesday, goes to see R.O. Jr. Now, they had had virtually no contact. I've never met him in my life. Because of the divorce, I guess, it just, they just didn't connect with each other. I don't know. don't matter. But they didn't connect with each other. I don't even know if Dad, I, I think Dad had met him maybe when he was young, but I don't know. But he is now 84, if I remember correctly. And so he starts talking with R.O. Jr., Varnum. <laughs> and they started talking about the Holy Ghost. And he's never received the Holy Ghost, never been baptized, didn't, wasn't around church at all because he was just a, a baby whenever they, they uh, were separated. So he wasn't around that, that, that atmosphere. And he said, but he was visiting or was with his, his, his dad at one point, And he remembers as a boy that they were in an orange grove. And in that orange grove, there was a man that his dad, which would be R.O. Varnum, the one that started this church, that he was talking to. And telling that man about the Holy Ghost. And he said, I remember it. That my dad laid hands on him. And he started speaking in this language. He said, I remember my dad telling him that there are millions of people that want what you have just received. And he said, the man started speaking in tongues and could not stop speaking in tongues. And as him and my dad was talking about this man receiving the Holy Ghost in an orange grove, they started laughing. And as R.O. Jr., 84 years old, started laughing, he started laughing and crying. And he kept laughing and couldn't stop laughing and couldn't stop crying. So dad is sitting there laughing and crying with him. And as they are laughing and crying, dad just reached up and put his hand on his head. And R.O. Barnum started speaking in other tongues as the spirit. I'm talking about a rhythm that God is doing. Come on. What's God going to do next? Is it your family? Is it your kin, folks? Get your hope up. Get your faith up. Is your healing next? There's no telling what God is about to do. Oh, somebody just praise him for a moment. I'm talking about a rhythm of the miraculous. I'm talking about God working in ways that are bigger than you. God doing things that are greater than you. Go ahead. Just pray for another moment. There are some believing. There's some sitting in disbelief. 
stand with me. I just can't wait to see what God's going to do next. This is not a sermon today as much as it is just a a message and a word from God and something to put in your spirit. What's God going to do next? What's God going to do in your life next? What's God going to do in this church next? Just one thing. With Danelle, and you look at it, it was just the rhythm of the miraculous, everything that happened. God's just doing some stuff right now. There are things in the works right now that are bigger than us, Brother Stan. It's just bigger than us. It's greater than us. And we're just trying to figure out what God's going to do. But what's God going to do next? What's God's about to do right now? Our job is to keep praying. Our job is to keep believing, keep worshiping, to stay faithful, to let God be God and let the church be the church. But this is something that God has put in my heart that God brought back to me today or, or, or this week when I was when I was praying. That God is going to answer some old prayers. Some old prayers. I see a man. He's an old man. He is an old man. He's in the temple. Zacharias. Zacharias is there. And an angel shows up in Luke 1.13. says, fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayers is heard. Your wife Elizabeth, she's going to bear thee a son. He's going to call his name John. Zachariah, don't be afraid. It's me, the angel. Angels always seem to start that way because apparently they're freaky or something. Shiny or something. I don't know. They always start with fear not. Fear not. It's okay. Take a breath. Fear not. For thy prayers, they're heard. He starts talking about all the things that John's going to do. He's going to be this, and he's going to be that, and he's that, that, that. And, and Zacharias is just like, what? And in verse 18, a few verses later, Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. See, he... He had forgotten that prayer. That was a prayer he prayed when he was a young man. That was a prayer he prayed when they were still able to have children. And now God's showing up. And the angel says, I've heard your prayer. It's going to happen. And he's thinking, you're too late. That window is closed. That door is sealed up. This ain't happening. Where were you? And God said, waiting for the right moment. The fullness of time. You forgot about the prayer. You thought I forgot about the prayer. I know you're old now. I know your wife. And I know you were young when you prayed the prayer. But I've been waiting for the right moment to answer that prayer. And this is the moment and this is the time. And there are old prayers that people in this church you have prayed. And God's about to answer. And there is a rhythm that's happening right now in the miraculous. But you've got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. And just get in there and touch what you can. And say, here I am, God. I need a miracle. Here I am, God. My family needs to be saved. Who knows what 
God is going to do next. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, I can't hardly stand it. Uh, I'm so excited uh, about what God's about to do. Uh, I can't keep a hold of myself. Uh, who knows? I bind fear in the name of Jesus. I rebuke doubt in the name of Jesus. God's never forgot your prayers. God's hearing what you're saying. God's hearing what's going on. God's got everything you need. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it. Just keep praying for a moment. Don't stop. Don't stop. That marriage will never go back together. Who knows what God's about to do? My family member will never be saved. Who knows what God's about to do? Who knows what's about to happen? Who knows what's about to take place? What's God going to do next? Anybody got enough faith to say he's about to work in my family? Anybody got enough faith to say he's about to work in my body? Anybody got enough faith to say uh, that today the miraculous is happening? Uh, I feel the rhythm uh, of the miraculous uh, and I'm about to reach in uh, and touch the him. You're here today and there's sin in your life. And maybe... You thought, and maybe you even joked, well, if I go into that church, the roof is going to fall down. I hope it's strong when I walk in there. And God is saying, you don't think I'm able to save you. But I'm here today saying, come on, give me a try. You think, oh, I could never do that. And God's saying, cast all of your cares on me, for I care for you. Come on. You think there's no way. There's somebody in your family you think there's no way. I'm telling you, God is able to do it. And I am so excited just thinking about what God's about to do next. You're here today. And you need a miracle in your life. You need a miracle in your family. You need something that you think, God, there's no way it's going to happen. Come on up here right now. We're about to pray. Let's go. Come on quickly. In the name of Jesus. We're about to pray. Miracle man, come on up here. Now, come on up front. There's people behind you. If you're here and you want the Holy Ghost, if you want to repent, if you just say, I don't even know what I need. I just know I need God. Just come on up front. Just come on. That's it. Just come on up front. I'm not going to do anything. I promise. We're just going to pray together. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. God's able to do His thoughts are higher than my thoughts His ways are higher than my ways I never thought it would happen this way but just look what God is doing and there is a rhythm that's happening in the miraculous right now 
I'm going to give you another moment if you want to come forward. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Come on, God can do it. You've got to be open to the possibility. You've got to be open to the possibility that God is big enough to fix whatever's going on. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's healing right now. We're going to pray for healing right now. We're going to pray for some miracles in our bodies right now. If you need it, let me see who we're praying for. Pastor, are you going to heal me? Absolutely not. But I serve a God that's able to heal anybody. You need a miracle, lift your hands. If you see someone with their hands lifted, lay hands on them and pray for them. Right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lay hands on them with faith. Come on, that's it. All around you, lay hands on somebody if they got their hands up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be completely whole. God's working right now. Come on, keep praying. God's working. Heal his back, heal his neck, heal his nerves, heal his bones. In Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be whole. Jesus' name. He's a big God. He can do anything. Let those tears flow down your face. Keep on praying. He'll, he'll give you a miracle. He will. He'll give you a miracle. Come on, keep believing. Yes, he will give you a miracle. Because Jesus. Jesus is a miracle, man. I know that he'll give you a miracle. I said he will give you a miracle. I know he will give you a miracle because Jesus is a miracle, man. Yes. Now we're not turning this into a concert. This isn't where you start listening to the music and clapping. This is pregnant. We're just singing to build faith. What you need to do is just keep praying. The Bible tells us to keep knocking on the door. Keep on knocking on the door. 
He said, just keep knocking. And if you keep knocking, I'm going to answer. And when I answer, you're going to get what you need. Lay hands on someone beside you and begin to pray for him. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, he will. Jesus Christ. Let's just stop for a moment. We're going to start again. Who cares about protocol right now? God's in the place. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ made it clear. He said that he came out of the desert after being tempted by the devil. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There are people here that you are dealing with a broken heart that God wants to mend right now. He's come to set the captive free. He come to bring deliverance, it says, to the captive, a recovering of sight to the blind, to heal the bruised. There are people dealing with these things and Jesus came to take care of it. You've got something going on. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe it's with your marriage. Maybe it's with something outside uh, that I can't even think of. But you know what comes to your mind. I want you to know that God is a healer of these things. And God wants to do a work right now. If you want someone right where you are to pray with you, we lift your hands about a brokenness. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your emotions. Maybe there's something going on. Lift your hands. Maybe it's something different. Lift your hand. Look around. See whose hands are raised. Right there, right there, right there. Look at them. Right here. Don't let anyone be by yourself. If you're, if they're, if you see someone with their hand up, move to them. I'm giving you a moment right here. Right over there. Right back there. Come on, move where I'm looking at. Come on, that's it. God's able. God cares about your broken heart. God cares about the bruises in your life. God cares about it. All over this place. Let's begin to pray for it right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, touch my brother. Touch my sister. God, there is a hurt that is deep. There is a wound that is deep. There is a heart that's been broken. God, only you can mend this broken heart. Only you can make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, that's it right there. He loves you. He cares about you. 
He cares about your family. Right now, God, mend the heart. God, mend the heart. Mend the heart. That's what I'm feeling right now. There's some hearts that's been broken that need to be mended. God, mend the heart. If there's sin in your life, you need to repent of it. If there's sin in your life, you need to repent. God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. God, I don't want this in my life anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want this leading me. God, here I am. Come on, that's it. That's the Holy Ghost touching you. That's the Holy Ghost touching you. Go ahead, keep on praying. You say, I don't know what to do. Keep praying. I challenge you, close your eyes. Forget about who's around you. Lift your hands. Why? It's an act of surrender. And just say, Jesus, I need you. Just try it. Jesus, I need you. Come on, he's as close as the mention of his name. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Jesus. Come on, there's a rhythm. God's doing a work. Whose family's next? What situation's next? I don't know. I'm not God, but I'm going to touch the hem of its garment. I see a rhythm to the miraculous. Oh, that's it. That's it. Keep praying. Keep praying. There's people here that you need to repent of your sins. If you haven't repented, you need to do that. How do you do that? You don't just say you're sorry. You give your heart to God and you say, God, I'm not going to live my way anymore. I'm going to live your way. Repentance does not mean saying you're sorry. Repentance means I'm not going after my own way. I'm going after you, Jesus. I'm, I am sorry, but I've changed directions. If you haven't done that, you need to do that right now. I want everyone in this place to repent together. Find someone to pray with. Ask God. God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. Come on, talk to him. Come on, you're by a friend. Take him by the hand. Jesus, here we are. We stand together. I don't want things in my life that displease you. I don't want things in my life that are not trite and true. God, forgive me. I don't want my own way. I want your way, Jesus. I don't want my own way. I want your way, Jesus. Come on, put it under the blood. Put it under the blood. Now we're going to pray for the Holy Ghost to be poured out and renewings to come. 
if you have never received the Holy Ghost, but if you've repented of your sins, the Bible says if you ask Him for forgiveness with a trueness in your heart, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer like Saul or Paul was. God will forgive you. But you can't just stop there. If you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you need to ask God for it. You don't beg God. And hear me, you're never going to be good enough to receive the Holy Ghost. You do not get good and then get God. You get God and then you get good. That's how it works. And so if you have repented of your sins with a true heart, you're a candidate for the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray right now in just a moment. This is what I want you to do. If you've repented, if you either never received the Holy Ghost or you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift your hands in just a moment. Not right now. I want you to lift your hands when I tell you to. 